Hey, it's the NBA Recap Show. Quick little 30-minute sprint today. We've gone about a month without a show in the NBA offseason. Nothing really happens day to day, but we catch up today about a couple of things that's happened over the last month, including LeBron James Jr., his cardiac arrest, the upcoming FIBA World Cup, and the NBA schedule, plus James Harden. Where is he? Who cares? What's going on? I feel like that's been going on for months, so enjoy the show, I guess. Hey, it's Alexander J. Welcome back to the NBA Sports Show. What's our name? It's been a month. I've forgotten the title of this entire podcast. I'm here with Yuri Bilsic, Tom Dev. Guys, we haven't talked for a month. Yuri, how are you, mate? Yeah, great, Alex, and great to have a chat with you as always. And it's felt like two, three months, right, since we last spoke, but it's only been, what, four or five weeks. So can't wait to chat all hoops with you. What has been a pretty exciting off-season yet again, filled with many ups and downs and also the FIBA World Cup, which isn't too far away, starting Friday by many. Yeah, we'll so- touch on that at the end of this show. It's a short show today because, Tom, I know you've got to get to the footy, and that's a religion that we've got to not interrupt footy talk here. But the NBA show, maybe there's enough over the last month that we just put a message out yesterday. We've got some stuff to talk about. Tom, how are you? I'm not too bad, and you're always up for some sort of basketball talk. I'm sure there's always <laughs> something out there to talk about. Speaking of something, I think the last time we spoke, we were trying to figure out if James Harden would still be on the Philadelphia 76ers when we reconvened. Um, he still is on the Sixers, Tom, but maybe not for long. That kind of situation's really blown out. How about you walk us through where things are at the moment? What's happened? What are your thoughts? James Harden, he's on that um, player option he picked up. Yeah, well, so he opted into that one-year player option for about $36 million, I think, a year, uh, which, you know, despite his playoff performances and injury history, he believed is a pay cut, which I think is actually overpaying for him. But, uh, look, he wants to trade out of the Sixers. The Sixers want something in return for him. They're at a stalemate. He's gone to China and, you know, gone on camera saying, Daryl Morey's a liar. I won't ever be a part of an organization he's with, yada, yada, yada. Um, it's at a standstill, really. It, it's two guys who both parties kind of have each other over a barrel because the 76ers can't afford to waste another year of prime and bead without finding a, a good running date for them because Maxi and Harris and PJ Tucker just aren't enough. Uh, and then, but, but you know, there's no real team out there kind of, you know, trying to get James Harden. There isn't, hey. No, and I mean, the Clippers are interested, but they're not going to give up anything of value. And then, so it's come out today, that the Sixers are willing to part with Harden just for picks, but... Is he even worth more than one first-round pick? I, I don't think so, really. For a one-year contract and a guy with an injury history, based off that playoff performance, I mean, you look at game one against the Celtics in round two, that guy's worth a max contract. But then you look at game two and you look at game four. Every other game in that series. Other, yeah. <laughs> besides besides the overtime game in game three, you know, he, he was not worth a max contract and you just can't trust him. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I, I think the more interesting thing to see what happens is we're actually the 76ers do because they're kind of at a standstill with their whole organization because the process has failed now. There's no doubt about that. And I don't know, is Embiid going to be happy there? They don't have enough around them. Even when they've had other pieces around them, it still hasn't been enough. So do they kind of just learn from these mistakes that these other teams are going through right now with your Damian Lillards and your Anthony Davises and everything like that? You want to blow it up, Tom. You want well, to yeah, blow it up. I've been on this on many times. Jump ahead of the curve because it, it feels like it's going to be a matter of when, not if Embiid requests a trade. And if he does, he's going to probably say Knicks or Heat. And it'll be a Damian Lillard situation where he'll just be like, trade me to one of these two teams. 
and they'll be forced to take less, you know, five cents on the dollar for him because he only wants to go to those ones. They trade him right now to that OKC trade that I've been talking about for months. You get a bunch of picks and they're not even OKC's picks. They're other teams' picks. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you have to be like, oh, we're going to trade him. This team's going to be good. These picks are going to be worth nothing. It will be similar to a Nets and Celtics trade where they got drafted Tatum and Brown from it, where, you know, they could potentially draft their next future stars. You know, whereas you look at like the Drew Holiday trade and what they got four first round picks, two of them pick swaps, and none of them are actually worth anything because the yeah. Bucks are good. So whereas this one you get, I think they got like Jazz picks, Rockets picks, um, Clippers picks, like they got everything in there. Um, and look, if they just jump the gun and do it now, and B won't have much time to decide that I'm not going to go there. OKC will probably say yes, and then you know, Sixers can get a quick rebuild and get ahead of this before you know, before they get stuck in a Damian Lillard Portland situation. And if you're one of the cynical guys out there or girls listening, that's thinking, you know, no team does that. If there is one team and one GM in the league who does that, it's Darren Moore. It's the the king of analytics trying to see through the reads, see what it can get to. Um, Yuri, just before I throw to you and think um, and ask you where Harden might end up, there is like a really obscure clause in the CBA. I'm not sure if either of you have seen this reported this week, but the limiting factor for Philadelphia it's both a freeing factor and a limiting factor is that um, there's a clause in the CBA stating that if you're in the final year of your contract and you withhold services at the start of the season, so you don't come to training camp, you refuse to play for more than a month, then you're ineligible to sign another professional contract in the NBA or overseas. So you'd think that's a good thing for Philly. It kind of forces Harden back to the table. The limiting factor there is the team is still on the hold for the salary of that player for in James Harden situations, 30 something million dollars, right? And it gets held year over year, which means they won't be able to improve around a bead. It means all kinds of things. So maybe that's why I go, all right, let's just cut loose. Let's get rid of him. Yuri, where do you see this heading up? This is a head scratch. It was a head scratch of six weeks ago. It's just got worse, to be honest. Unfortunately, this stage, Alex and Tom, there's no solution. And the Clippers tried their very best to appease the 76ers with a deal that would at least land Harden and then, of course, the 76ers be satisfied with whatever they got in return. But ultimately, that came to fruition and now we're basically just sort of awaiting what's going to happen next because I think the other part to this as well is player empowerment and it has been a talking topic for at least two a good two to three seasons and it's almost as though where does player empowerment within the league go too far because... If we take, for example, right, the 2000s, like with Kobe Bryant, when he said he wanted to go to Chicago Bulls, ultimately he didn't get his wish, but he decided to stay with the Lakers and ultimately, of course, he won five championships. You sort of look at it that way and players back then weren't disgruntled. Maybe Vince Carter, of course, with management. And management has a lot to do with it too, mm. right, Alex and Tom, because – when you take down into consideration when organization in terms of a new front office, they're going to have their own ideas on how they want to restructure the team, restructure, restructure the roster and everything else within. So that's a totally understandable reason why a player would get, would get disgruntled because they've been told one thing and then told another thing and it doesn't align those values. So I think, in Harden's regard, yeah, that's probably one part where the 76 is totally messed up. But the other situation to it as well is the age factor because he turns 35, I think, on the 26th of this month and – oh, 34, should I say, correct? It's an Thir- old 35 yeah. too. You're yeah, with Thir- 34, apologies. 34 on August 26th. So that's where the real part of it is because you don't see guys out in their 
approach their mid-30s get this large contact, contract extension anymore. So that's sort of the real factor to look at too. And I think just it's a real, again, it's a tedious position to be in because he did it with Houston, right? I think it was, what, 13 games into that 2021 season when I think they lost to the Lakers. That was ultimately his final game as a Houston Rocket. And he just basically said the team doesn't have enough. We see, what, 24 hours later, he's traded to Brooklyn Nets as part of that 14 deal. And I think, what, the Nets give up about three or four future first-round picks in exchange for the Harden deal to work. And, of course, February last year, he basically requests another trade to 76ers because of what happened, rumouredly reporting that was the Kyrie Irving whole anti vaccination stance as well, not getting the vaccine, just a whole assortment of other factors. So again, you don't want to sort of ruin your reputation in a way where it gets to a point where a team doesn't fully entrust you. And that's the thing I think where it's come to that point now Mm. where I think he's had this many chances in a way to build himself. Well, he's already been part of what championship caliber teams that ultimately didn't reach the end goal in Houston. What 2017, 18 was, Ultimately, their best chance right until Chris Paul goes down in what game six with that hamstring injury. I think it's game five, should I say, misses the final two games of the conference finals. And you think if they had have reached the NBA finals that year, they would have beaten the Cavs, I think, that year alone. And then what we think of basically Brooklyn that 2020 21 season, of course, and Nets fans will say, oh, well, if Giannis hadn't stuck his foot out and Kyrie rolled his ankle, it would have been a totally different story. Well, he could make a case for that, but the point you're making is he, he's had his chances, and at this point yeah. in the league, it's going to be very difficult for him to get. I think the contract that he wants is three years, hundred fifty something million dollars, mm-hmm. which is on the table around the league, but maybe not for you, James. Um, speaking of James, a couple other things that have happened over the last month or so that I want to touch on really briefly. Tom, I have a feeling which one you might want to talk about. Um, Bronny James, that's LeBron James's son, suffered a cardiac arrest um, in college. He's a projected first-round pick in 2025, not really a lottery at this point in time. He is okay. Um, news coming out today from Shaquille O'Neal's son that Bronny is apparently okay. Um, this happened a few weeks ago now. Anthony Davis and the Lakers agreed to a three-year, $186 million extension. That's the biggest extension in the history of the league. That keeps him in LA till 2028. I don't know what age AD is going to be then. Yuri, you might want to look that up because that's a 35? Lot. Yeah, okay. That starts to get me worried if I'm a Lakers fan. And finally, Jalen Brown signed the Supermax. Finally, the biggest country, uh, contract in NBA history. Five years, $304 million. Is that right, Tom? Uh, not 100% sure on that one, but yes, I, it, it's something in that realm, something ridiculous. Does that make um, you a happy man or? Oh, uh, look, I, I think, I mean, what, it was less than a week, I think, between him signing that one, Davis signing his extension. And yeah. I think straight away, it kind of put Brown's one in the perspective of, oh, in the grand scheme of things, more it's and reasonable. more players. Well, it's reasonable. In the grand scheme of things, more and more players are going to surpass that and, and keep getting it. And soon, all of a sudden, Jalen Brown's going to go from the highest paid player to maybe not even in the top 20. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's funny. I was watching watching highlights the other day just trying to cure my uh, lack of basketball and, you know, a few Jalen Brown ones came up. And I think he's actually becoming underrated now because, yeah, he had a really bad series against the Heat. And, and that game seven, when Tatum rolled that ankle, he needed to step up and he didn't. And he kept going to his left and he kept turning it over. And that was horrendous. And there's no excuses for that. But on the plus side, he always does improve. So hopefully that he's just furiously working on his left-hand dribble. But... Some of the stuff he does is nuts. You know, he's he's a consistent scorer. He does well in all assets in the offensive end. He's a pretty good defender. 
I think in the in the end, he's probably going to come back next year and be just as good as he was last season, if not better. If he can keep being healthy, him and Tatum will link up. Who knows what Pozingas will do, spacing the floor-wise and giving a presence in the paint. So I'm happy with it. I, 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 I can't see anyone else, you know, coming in and being just as good as him at the moment. So can't complain. Keep the asset as well. Uh, and finally, the maybe the major thing that happened this week in the doldrums of the NBA offseason. There's a schedule. It's finally released the full schedule for next season. Yuri, I haven't looked at this at all. I've been uh, mind on the uh, the FIFA World Cup, excuse me, but I know you've been paying a little bit of attention to the schedule. Talk to Tom and I about what's looking good. What are you interested in? I know um, the Knicks making a couple interesting road trips out west. Uh, you got a favorite Christmas game. Let's talk about the schedule. Yeah, so last 48 hours, Alex and Tom, since the schedule did come out for 2023-2024, so each team, of course, has those four in-season tournament games as well, which are spread out in the month of November. And there's also a 10-day break as well for teams that don't reach the finals well. So I think it's from about December 1 to December 11, by memory as well. So it's just a bit of a week and a half gap before the regular season resumes. So yeah, something right. which is completely foreign and completely new. So see how all that goes out too. But I was just having a look right now. I've just got up in terms of the Christmas Day schedule. I've had a look at this a few times. But so the Knicks and Bucks start out. So that's the early game. In Madison, Madison Square Garden? Yep. Yeah. MSG. Then it's the Nuggets Warriors at Pepsi Center, formerly Pepsi Center, now Ball Arena. Yep. Lakers Celtics at formerly Staples Center, now Crypto Arena. Miami Heat, Philadelphia 76ers, and to finish, it's the Phoenix Suns and Dallas Mavericks. So, yeah, the Christmas, yeah. it's looking really good, Alex and Tom. And I think with Christmas Day games, they've always been a spectacle in a way, but also more to that as well as the uniforms. It's something, I don't know, people pay attention to others don't really care whatsoever. But I think we've seen last couple of seasons, unfortunately, they haven't bought back those Christmas uniforms. I was thinking, what uniform should I bring back? And the first point of thought that came to mind was in 2012, the Christmas Day Guernseys. Do you remember those? They're Which all- year was that, the 2012 ones? Are they the cursive writing? Yeah. Like, oh, no. The cursive writing was, I think, 2015. So I've got 2000- one of the cursive writing ones behind me on that shelf. You can see in the video, I've got a shelf full of about 30 jerseys. There's a, uh, <laughs> I think it's a Kobe Bryant cursive Lakers one there somewhere. I was, I think I played the Clippers on Christmas Day that year. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was thinking, yeah, 2012 is my pick of the lot. Uh, the 2013 ones were good. I think some people weren't too satisfied with those short sleeves, but they had the logos on the front of them. So that looked pretty cool. So, yeah, hopefully the league decides to do something like that for the Christmas Day Guernseys because that's always something which really stands out. I think, yeah, all of the games are super, super intriguing and just going to be super hotly contested considering all 10 of those teams right on paper should be in the playoff picture anyway and three of them contending for an NBA title once more this season. so Maybe more I, of them, yeah. Because like yeah. that, that Suns-Mavericks game is something that jumped out at me. I wouldn't have thought interests me for a Christmas Day game, but the Suns' big three. We've got Bradley, Bill, and Phoenix now. The Mavs have had a really good off-season plugging away and getting some tools around the edges. So if Luca and Kyrie have a, a good gel, that could be really good. you got a classic Celtics-Lakers rivalry, Tom. I'm sure you'll be tuned into that one on Boxing Day, our time. Um and, I mean, that Philadelphia-Miami game, geez, that could be just red hot depending on, on form as well. So, um, 
Yeah, well done, Yuri. I'm super stoked. I didn't know any of the Christmas Day games. Oh, brought that and, up. Yeah. and one more thing as well. I think out of top of my head, there's 65 televised games on TNT this season. Nice. Out of top of my head. And the ESPN ones, I haven't counted exactly how many in total and the split between the teams. So I think I was just listening to one of the other podcasts before we hopped on with the Hoop Collective show with Brian Windhorse and Tim McMahon and also Tim Bontemps. And they were just talking about the Pelicans. I think they've only got six nationally televised games or something, which is pretty minimal for a side right for the first 35 games of last season. They were sitting basically top two in the Western Conference before, of course, Zion went down with his hamstring injury and basically didn't play for the rest of the regular season and just the other splew of injuries as well, which hit their way. So I thought that was a little bit disappointing that the Pelicans only got that amount of game time coverage for this upcoming season. So, yeah, just my thoughts on it as well, just with the Pels' side and just hopefully, yeah, I think, again, what the league has done probably pretty well the last handful of years is accommodating those sides which are going to be in the top bracket of both of the respective conferences to have more televised games. But I think make it more of an even spread as well, Mm. I think is probably a better picture for the viewer that doesn't necessarily tend to view some teams more than others, I think. Uh, Just to, we're not sponsored by KO or League Pass, but um, NBA League Pass has got a deal on at the moment. If you're a student in Australia, 40% off for the annual subscription. So I uh, take that one up. I think it's just this week. So if you're listening to it and want to sign up, I used the league pass last year. It was great. Listen to every game or watch most games at work. So Tom, anything on the schedule or do you want to move on to the FIBA World Cup? Oh, well, yeah, quickly, Celtics Lakers on Christmas and uh, Boxing Day here, which is actually my birthday. So oh. it, fair to say that game's either going to make or break my day. And you know, <laughs> last year we played the Bucks and, and Tatum dunked on Giannis and we, we beat them by like 20. So it was a good birthday. The year before was my 21st birthday. Curry and Durant absolutely flogged us in Boston. Bad day. So let's see what happens. You're in Melbourne too. Do you ever go to the Boxing Day test for your birthday? Because... Um... That's always the worst for me. I'm trying to watch cricket and basketball on the same day. I've got two TVs <laughs> side to side most of those times. There's, there's been, playing there's, PlayStation depending on how many beers I've had. <laughs> there's, there's been a couple of times I've gone to the Boxing Day test, but in recent years when the NBA schedule has been this good, I've just gone, nah, I'll go 27th instead. All right, moving on to the FIBA World Cup. Um, I'm super excited. I've been covering a lot of this moving into the FIBA World Cup on uh, Beeble Bites, a five-minute daily NBA podcast. Uh, self-plug there. Sorry about that. Um, the FIBA World Cup starts the 25th of August. There's actually three host countries this year. It was a joint bid between Japan, Indonesia, and the Philippines. Um, Australia's in a, an okay group. We're in Group E with Germany, Finland, and Japan. So coming into the World Cup, Australia um, is the third-ranked team in the world. We've never meddled in the FIBA World Cup. Our closest we came was 2019 in China. We lost in double overtime in the semis to Spain, who eventually took home the gold and then got crushed in the third place game um, against France. If memory serves me, that was like the lowest scoring game of the whole tournament as well. So um, we've got a better team. We've got a great team and it's probably going to be somewhat consistent. Maybe Paddy Mills never plays again after the season, but we've got a lot of young talent coming through. Um, I'll read out our roster to you guys, and there is some stacked talent. We've just lost Jock Landau yesterday. Um, he turned his ankle in the last warm-up game for Australia um, against South Sudan. Maybe I just made that up, but um, he's not traveling to um, Asia. So we've got Xavier Cooks, who signed with the Wizards mid last year after a stint with Sydney in Australia. Dyson Daniels, who's been good for the Pels. Dante Exum's returning to the NBA next season. He's signed with the Mavs, but he spent a couple of years overseas. He's been pretty good. Um, Josh Giddy, obviously from OKC. 
Chris Gilding plays in France at the moment, but he's a staple for the Australian team. Josh Green on the Mavs as well. Joe Ingalls, Orlando. I forgot that happened. He got <laughs> side with Orlando. Whoops. Uh, Nick Kay has been playing in Japan, but again, staple on the Australian team. Paddy Mills, maybe his last hurrah. He's on the Hawks at the moment, and there's no guarantee he sees any floor time in the NBA this season. I think he got traded three times in three days so far by OKC and Houston, maybe. So currently on the Hawks. Um, Joop Reith, who had a big game in one of our warm-up games. He's our only legit center. Um, he plays in Lebanon, if I'm right. Matisse Thibault's on the Blazers, and Jack White won a championship last year with the Nuggets. Plays in OKC this year. I say all that to say we've got a really good chance. Um, the U.S. is the second best-ranked team in the world, but they're pretty strong. Spain's ranked number one, still pretty strong. Our group is iffy. So when you look at Germany, I think I've got a couple of their players here. They're ranked 11th in the world, but they got Daniel Tice, Fro, uh, Franz Ammo Wagner, and Dennis Schroeder. Um, Australia's got no size with the loss of Jack Landale. So Daniel Tice and the Wagner uh, brothers could cause us some strife there. Finland's got Larry Markinen, last year's most improved player in the league. Again, a center could give us some trouble. Um, and Japan's got Rui Hachimura and Yuta Watanabe, but um, ranked 36th in the world. Uh, lucky to get into the FIBA World Cup. Guys, I don't know if you're into the FIBA World Cup. If you've got anything to say, anything you want to ask me, any questions, what happened to Argentina? They were ranked number four. They're not in the title. They're not in the tournament. You can ask me anything. Yeah, I think the interesting part to the practice games, because I was watching the highlights to it, Alex, is the chemistry between Josh Giddy and Jupp Reith. Yeah. I think that's something that really stood out and yeah. getting that, Lob connection and Giddy's penetration to paint as well, something that stands out considering he's one of the taller point guards as well in this FIBA World Cup and one of the taller point guards in the NBA too, alongside Lamelo Ball. And I think rebound as well, him be able to push in transition is going to be so much key for the Boomers setting up their fast break opportunities. So I think that's something that stood out too. And although they were playing against teams such as South Sudan and the Philippines, which are sort of, you know, the lower end of the South spectrum. South Sudan's as well. got potential. They've got a, a couple yeah. of tall players, but um, they're not nothing to sneeze at. Brazil beat us no. in the warm up games. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's probably the big part, too, especially if we do advance past the group stages as well and go up against Spain or France. And Rudy Gobert, pretty sure, is in the team as well. Yep. And they've got a bunch of other really good players as well. I think Evan Fournier, I'm pretty sure, is lining up for France too. And he barely played from about December last season for the New York Knicks. And and he's he's been pretty good for France ever since he put on the, the French jersey all those years ago. So it's not going to be any easy feat once we do get past the group stage. But it's similar to what happened four years ago, right, when we got past that section, got through. And I think that's Spain game as well. That was one the controversial Finishes I, as I well, didn't bring it up mistaken. for a reason, Yuri. Yes. I didn't bring it up for a reason. It hurt me. I think I was watching it on a bus at the time. Oh. And, um, <laughs> I remember I was watching it on a bus because it really hurt me. <laughs> yeah, so that definitely isn't a good memory. And hopefully we, we don't play them again for like, the third place playoff. And I think the biggest part too, last couple of years, Alex and Tom, is from winning the first ever medal at the Olympics, right, a bronze medal, a couple Olympics, well, two years ago in the Olympics, I think it's something that's going to really inspire and motivate this squad heading into the FIBA World Cup. And I think that's something that they've already got that prize, but it's just further incentive 
Yeah, they're, they're, a little, they're a legitimate gold chance. I know it sounds silly to say that, but, you know, we've beaten the US a couple of times in the last Olympic cycle. Um, anything can happen on an off day against Spain or France. No Argentina. So they were ranked number four coming into the tournament, but I think they got beat by the Dominican Republic and didn't even qualify. <sighs> so that's a, a big team that's no longer there. Um, Tom, anything to say on the FIBA World Cup or eh, you'll just watch it? It's It'll be good viewing. It's a mostly Australian time viewing, so it'll be easy to watch, but... Um, I got nothing else. I'll throw it to you. <laughs> yeah, well, one one uh, one nation we didn't mention yet, yet and uh, one that I might have a little bit of a uh, financial investment in is uh, the neighbours to America, and that is Canada. Yeah, I I reckon they're like a strong dark horse for this one, and you know they've got SGA, RJ Barrett, Lou Dort, Kelly Olynyk, and then sort of Dwight Powell, then kind of tails off a little bit. They got Dylan Brooks, but. You never know what you could get from SGA. I mean, he was fantastic with the Thunder throughout the year and, and got on an all-NBA team. So who knows, might be able to carry him. But I, I think looking forward in the future, you'd think they're probably going to get a bit more of a commitment out of uh, the Canadians for the 2024 Olympics. And you look at that team, potentially it could be, you know, SGA at point guard, Jamal Murray at the two, RJ Barrett at the three, Andrew Wiggins at the four. And then center will just be up for grabs. But that's a strong starting four for for an international sort of tournament. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him in Canada. And I always love watching SGA play. So, looking forward to it. Yeah, he's my man to watch. I'm just going to bring up the group for Canada because I remember taking a look at this a couple of days ago and it's a bit iffy. So for those of you who don't know, part of the FIBA World Cup also equals qualifiers for the Olympics and Canada have big Olympic dreams, obviously, with such a strong track record or a potential squad, like you mentioned, Tom. They're in a group with France, yikes, um, Latvia, who is pretty good. They've got a group of guys who play together, but no Christophe Porzingis, he's just pulled out, and Lebanon. But their first game is against France. So you drop that game against France and you're one loss from no longer playing in the tournament, potentially not miss- making the Olympics. So Canada's a big one to watch their first couple of games. I agree with you. SGA is a killer. He's so fun to watch, but Jam- no Jamal Murray for them. Um, they've got some other strange person. They've always had strange personnel issues. Although RJ Barrett has been crushing it in the warm-up games for Canada, a couple of 30-point games from memory. Again, I really, I've turned into a FIBA sicko the last two weeks. There's been nothing else going on. Like, when's the World Cup? Scratch your mom like I'm a junkie. <laughs> so maybe we'll have stuff, more stuff to talk about next week. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to hit on in our short episode before we get going? Yeah, I think just more on the season schedule too, Alex and Tom. And this is the first time since 2015-16 that the season started a week later. Because remember, right, how the schedule used to start, say, the 22nd or 23rd or 24th of October. I'll just use that as an example. So this regular season starts on the 24th over in the States and starts here because we're 24 hours ahead on Wednesday, October 25th. And the regular season doesn't conclude until I think it's April 15th. So yeah, this is the first time in about, I think, seven seasons out of the top of my head that the NBA campaign is beginning a week later so what do you make of that in a way too because there's something is a little bit interesting because we've seen the league over the last these handful of years start that week early because they wanted to reduce those back-to-backs for all 30 teams yeah i wonder if that's i wasn't aware there was a, a week break in december for the teams who hadn't made the basketball tournament um i wonder if that's just a symptom of that they've got that week squeeze there but i, I literally will get off the show today and go have a look because i didn't know that was happening Yuri. You've no, it's all good. <laughs> no no that's fine it was only a couple of days ago i just had to look at it a bit closely and i saw the schedule i was thinking 
how come is there a 10 day gap mm. for all 30 teams? And that's exactly the reason why. Because Any of you guys going to make the trip over the in season tournament in Vegas? <laughs> oh. I've got a buddy who's going. I thought about it. I really thought about it. I uh, I will I will actually be there at that time. So hey. uh, maybe maybe if the Celtics uh, make it, maybe I'll make a, a quick quick pit stop on the way back. But have we'll a look see. at the tickets. You can always sell them, Tom. True, <laughs> true. Yeah, I remember uh, my buddy Jimmy's got tickets, and he said they were fairly reasonable prices for like because it's the first ever. Maybe it's not a prestigious event yet, but maybe have a look when you jump off today's show. <laughs> will do. Uh, we can we can cross you from the venue. <laughs> we'll be utilizing every inch of that if you're inside, mate. Don't worry. Uh, anything left, Tom? Or uh, who's playing footy today? Uh, I'm going going to uh, Melbourne Hawthorne, but uh, no, not 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 going to be a great game, but just just a bit of fun. Oh, you outing. never know. You never know with the Hawks. Never know. Never know with the Hawks. Please, for my benefit, for those who don't know, I don't watch any AFL, so I'm not really sure what's going on here. Are the Hawks? hot and cold this year or what's going on they uh started off pretty slow and they're very young and rebuilding but then the last few weeks they've just clicked and they they took down the best team in the league and then they took yeah, down right. a, a red hot not a red hot contender but a team that should be in contention last week so they're, they're on the rise yeah right well i'm wearing a cowboys jersey and our nrl season is well and truly just taken a nosedive i think we won six games in a row against all contenders and kind of just i'm gonna watch my profanity but we're not playing so good now so I've switched allegiances from the men's team to the NRLW and I've been going to the women's games here in Townsville. I live like five minutes from the stadium. 11 a.m. games, they start. So you go sit down in the sun at 11 a.m. with a beard, uh, with a beard, with a beer. And good quality games in the NRLW. So I'll give them that. But I think the cows lost yesterday by 40 to the Sharks. So not having a real good time up in North Queensland, but <laughs> maybe next I think- season. I think the Cowboys sit ninth at the moment on the ladder, Alex, but yep. pretty close with only two rounds left. So they're still in with a chance. They're- it's a chance, but it's not a good one. I think we paid Penrith that last week, if I'm not mistaken, um, who may rest everybody depending, but I think they're fighting out the minor premiership for Brisbane. Yeah, so Brisbane. We did beat Penrith a few weeks ago, but the Cows haven't been playing very well the last few weeks. So um, the New that's Warriors enough for making me sad. Really well. Yeah, they have too. We'll just they turn into the NRL show. Sorry, Laney. <laughs> we'll just, <laughs> just start covering everything. That's a good segue too. There's a new um, NRLW show, Women in League, that started on the Mojo Sports Network as well. I listened to the first episode and thought it was really good. So um, maybe I can cross live from uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium next time I'm there at 11 a.m. Big crowd too. I was, I was quite surprised. Good turnout for um, an 11 a.m. game. I was hoping there'd be an NBL show on very soon, so I'll flag that we've been and just see what's in the works with that. So, mate, if if anyone's listening and you want to start an NBL show on the Mojo Sports Network, get in touch with us at Mojo Sports Network on Instagram. That was a nice little plug there. Um, look, we'll just go. Let's wrap up, guys, because that's a quick little <laughs> half an hour. We're gonna get Tom to the footy, Yuri. I don't know what you're doing. I've got to go mow my lawn. I'm an old man now. Uh, let's wrap up. Thanks, Scott. A lot, guys. Um, anything else to say for signing up? Uh, hopefully, it's just a bit more news floating about. And, of course, well, we don't know what more is going to pan out with the James Harden scenario with the Philadelphia 76ers and where the path takes. And hopefully, at least comes to some conclusion that fits both parties because it's very unusual, right, with James Harden and Daryl Morey in the relationship they first formed back in 2012 when Morey was the architect for bringing Harden across to OKC when Basically, the Thunder's front office, I think Sam Presti, of course, is still now the general manager and still is, 
only gave Harden, I think it was a very short amount of time to sign that contract extension and ultimately he couldn't do it. And I think it was only 24 hours they gave yep, him. So yep. ultimately led to him moving from the Thunder to Houston. Of course, we saw him blossom into an absolutely superstar of the league. And of course, he isn't on that same level anymore. But I think hopefully be able to put that aside and be able to get back with the 76ers and be able to pair up with MB because we saw last season, right, the chemistry between those two was impeccable. And again, with the 76ers, it's been, well, heading into 23 years since they last made the conference final. So somehow it's got a break and hopefully all things good. It does lead to a conclusion. They're able to string some chemistry once more in the court as well and the teams be able to find themselves, well, projectedly a top four team in the East. We'll, we'll see. Tom, do you want to commit to doing an emergency pod if Harden gets traded? I'll, I'll hit you up. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll be around for it, but uh, we'll see. If, it's, if he's getting traded to no one, then uh, maybe not. But no, it makes it even more fun. <laughs> Imagine if he gets traded to the Wizards or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> jo- Jordan, Poole, Jordan Poole, uh, James Harden, Carl Kuzma. That, that would be a, a fun team to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll try to get Jazz? Money. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, Wizards would be way more yeah. fun than the Jazz. Jordan Clarkson's still in the Jazz. He might be upset he's not going to shoot as much anymore. Oh, I was watching one of the replays yesterday. You remember that incident with Jordan Clarkson and Desmond Bain during a regular season game? I think it was in early January, and Clarkson whacked Bain across the neck or something like that, and he got into his fighting stats. It's oh. the most funniest thing I've ever seen. We've, we've got to leave that. the show there. Yeah, we've got to leave the show. He always does that. If we're talking about Jordan Clarkson punching on in a January game, <laughs> oh. we've got to leave the show, Yuri. That's that was funny as. That was funny as. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, guys. Um, let's commit to doing a show next week. I'm sure something's going to happen. We've got the FIBA World Cup back. we got basketball. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Alex. Thanks, Alex.